Greetings and welcome to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom, and it's my privilege to be studying Sefer Divrei Hayamim with you. We are now in Divrei Hayamim Bet, Perak Yodalad, about to read about some of the exploits of the righteous king Asa, uh, who uh, was the uh, son of Abiyam in, in, in Divrei Hayamim. Uh, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, that uh, in Malachim he's presented as his brother, and in any case, either a son or grandson of Rechavam. We'll see why that's significant in from two opposite directions in this very short parak about Asa. None of the information that's in this parak appears in the uh, to, in the retelling in Sefer the telling in Sefer Malachim about Asa. Asa did what was right and good or good and right in the eyes of Hashem his God. This is exactly what we hear in Malachim. He destroyed or got rid of the altars that were foreign, meaning altars to foreign gods. And it seems that the bamot that we're talking about here are not bamot to Hashem, which we hear about throughout Seif Malachim, really until the times of Chizkiyahu, and then finally Yoshiahu destroys them but rather bamot to foreign gods. Because the context of the rest of the Pasuk is all about foreign worship. He destroys the matzevot. A matzeva is a single stone that is set upright. We call it a steel, S-T-E-L-E, that is uh, sanctified and dedicated to God. Take a look at uh, what Yaakov does four times in his life. And he cut down the asherim. And asherah is a tree that is planted next to a Mizbeach associated with Baal, and Asherah is Baal's consort. And uh, the verb used both in the Torah uh, and hinted to in uh, in Shoftim with the name Gidon uh, in regards to cutting down a tree that is Avodazara is Ligadea. And he turns to his people and he says, that they should seek out Hashem their God. In other words, calling them to do tshuva from their avodah mitzvah, and to f- perform the Torah and mitzvah. This is classic early Bayit Sheni language, similar to what we hear in Sefer Ezra and Nechemiah. Vayasar mikol arei Yehuda et ha-bamot v'tachamonim. We'll talk about the chamonim in a minute. He gets rid of the bamot and the chamonim. Again, bamot here is uh, bamot, uh, worship places to avodah zarah, to foreign worship from all the cities of Yehuda. Vatishkot ha-mamlacha lefanav. And then things were quiet, because earlier we had heard about wars that Asa was involved with against Baasha in the north, and now things are quiet, which means he can turn his attention to domestic affairs. What are the Chamonim? Chamonim, there are two general opinions about them. One is that it's related to Chama, and that these were sun worship cults and their worship sites. Um, and, uh, and, or that they were pieces connected with other Abu Dazara that were specifically oriented towards the sun. We know that the sun worship was a cult that was, uh, not uncommon in Kanani worship, and that's why we have several towns named Beit Shemesh in Israel, uh, because of the worship of the sun. Uh, the other approach is that Haman was perhaps the name of a Canaanite god. Uh, the Phoenicians, for instance, worshipped, some of the Phoenicians worshipped Baal Haman. Uh, in any case, uh, he destroyed this. Now this flows from the end of the previous Pasuk. Since things were quiet, he was able to turn to building cities. Now, Arei Mitzura means fortress cities, like Bitzura. 
Um, and uh, and he built cities of this sort in Yehuda, which means one of two things. Either the cities that Rehavam had built, we read about Arei Mitzurah that, uh, that Rehavam had built, that were destroyed by Shishak, uh, the, uh, the pharaoh who came up in Rehavam's time and conquered, that he rebuilt them. Uh, or that what Assad did was to build new cities in Yehuda uh, as fortress cities. The land was quiet, there's no war going on in these years. God had given him respite. And it's very much like Shlomo. So we're hearing about Assad in Solomonic terms of having peace around and able to devote himself to the long view of building towards the future. Here, of course, there's no Beit HaMikdash to build, but there is Avodah Zarah to eradicate and fortress cities to build with an eye to the future defense. And then he turns to those people and says, These are the basic components of these cities. A wall, turrets, gates, and bolts to keep the, the gates closed. Odenu haaretz lefanenu. The land is currently in front of us. Odenu ki darashnu tadunai elohenu, and he describes it to the religious reform, the religious uh, uh, return of the Renaissance. We have sought out Hashem our God. Darashnu ve'nachlanu misaviv. We sought Him out, and He has given us respite uh, from around us, and therefore we now have the opportunity to build. Let's respond to this opportunity. Vayivnu, then they built. Vayatzlichu, and they were successful with this building. Lahatzliach uh, is a word that in earlier Tanakh has a, a different meaning, which is for something to happen very quickly, often a, usually a positive thing, uh, such as Vatitzlach Alav Ruach Hashem, as we read about in Shimshon, but here in Bait Sheni it has, takes on the more modern meaning as we have it of to be successful. So, up until now, we heard about Asa in peacetime, turning towards domestic affairs, eradicating Abu Dazara, rebuilding or building new cities. And now, we hear about his army. He had Chayil Noseit Sinavaromach, an army that carried shields and spears. Miudash Loshmiot Elef, he had 300,000 soldiers of Yehuda. Minyamin Noseit Sinmagen Vidorchei Keshet, you minyamin were carried sh- uh, shields. It's a different word for shield, magen and sinat, and dorche keshet, which means they were people who drew the bow. In other words, archers. Matayim ushvoni malif two hundred eighty thousand. That doesn't mean all two hundred eighty thousand are archers, but that means some infantry and some archers. Uh, and we heard about Binyamin's skill as archers already way back in Sefer Shoftim in the war of Pilagash Pigiva. Kol Ela Giborechayel. So he has a huge army of over half a million soldiers. Vaitsei Alehem. And now we hear about a very curious war that we never heard about in Sefer Malachim. Vaitsei Alehem Zerach Hakushi. A fellow named Zerach who is a Kushi. Now does that mean he is a king from Kush, the Ethiopia, the country, uh, south of Egypt? Does it mean that some tribe of Kushim that's in the land? Really unclear, but he evidently has a huge army. Bechayil Elefalafim. Literally, it means a million, but uh, clearly, and we'll see it from later on, uh, next to a couple Prakim, that it just means a real huge army. Umar Kavot Shloshmiot and 300 chariots. A little hard to think about 300 chariots and a million soldiers, but again, the number of the soldiers is just an uh, exaggeration, but it's a huge number. They came to Maresha, which means they're clearly coming from the south, and they come to Maresha, which is somewhere in the uh, sort of the, the, the opening towards the south uh, in the Shvela, meaning it's in the area 
between uh, draw a line, let's say, from around Ashkelon across the country to south of Hebron, it's going to be in that area. Asa came out to fight him. So they fought in a battle which was evidently in one of the wadis, one of the ravines that exists in the Shvelah that goes north and south. And Asa then called out to Hashem because he has this he has a huge army, but he's facing a larger army, and he says the following, Adonai, Literal translation is, there's nothing to help with you between the great and the, and the impotent. And what it means is, evidently, is there is no difference to you in helping, whether you're helping the many or the impotent. In other words, once you help, they win, whoever you helps. So therefore, he turns, so therefore, it doesn't matter that we are a smaller army or a weaker army or a less experienced army. We can still win with your help. Help us, Hashem, your, uh, our God, because we are relying on you. It's in your name that we have come to attack this great army. Now, does that mean in your name that our motivation is Kiddush Hashem to sanctify God's name with a victory of the Jewish people? Or does it mean that we are coming to fight them, trusting in your name? Likely the latter. Adonai Eloheinu Atah, you are our God, al ya'atzor imcha enosh, no man should stop you. Meaning that don't let this man, the Zerah HaKushi, stop you and prevent you from giving us victory. And what happens? Vayigof Adonai Takushim, God afflicted the Kushim, lifnei Asav, lifnei Yehuda, vayanusu HaKushim, and they ran away, so Asa and his army were successful. Notice, Binyamin is not mentioned here, but Yehuda probably is a general name for the whole army. So they chased them west to Gerar. We've seen this several times in Tanakh, when there's a battle with an interloper from the south, that they run west towards the Mediterranean, and we chase them. Famously, of course, Shaul and the Plishtim in Shmuel Aleph Perak Yudalad. The Kushim fell, and they had no Michia. Now, Michia normally would mean food or sustenance. Here it may mean they had no hope for life, because that's what Michia really comes from. Or it means that they had no more food and they were running and then they fell because of, uh, because of the lack of nutrition. They fell. They were broken, literally, before Hashem and before His camp. That's the Jewish people, or God's camp. And so therefore the Jewish people took, uh, lots of loot from the Kushi camps. And so then the Jews attacked the cities that were around Gerar, and it's as if they were taking advantage of the fact that they had had this great victory against the in, the incursion of the Kushim, and therefore all the people in the Plishti area there were afraid of the Jews, and therefore they attacked those cities too. And they and they plundered all of these cities because they had a lot of spoils themselves. You have to remember that the Plishtim, as described in Sefer Shmuel, for instance, uh, are essentially pirates of the desert who uh, go on raids and pillage cities, and then they come back and uh, aren't necessarily doing it for territory or for political gain and certainly not have religious conviction, but simply uh, they're pirates. And so therefore they had a lot of spoils of the other people, and so the... You, Assad's people came and took those spoils. They also attacked tents of the flocks, meaning there were tents where the flocks were kept, 
and they conquered lots of uh, sheep and camels. And they were able to come back to Shalim. The camels likely are coming from Zerahakushi, if he's really coming from Kush, because of the distance. Uh, otherwise, we don't really hear about Gamalim being prominent in the Plishti settlements. Okay, we're going to stop at this point. We'll pick it up with Perak Tadvav in the next podcast, and we will... Um, we will read more about, uh, about Asa, um, and, uh, and Asa's exploits. And, uh, in the meantime, wish everybody a wonderful day.